Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome everyone, my name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm the host of IndiePod, an indie games podcast. With the help of my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, we bring you all the indie games news you need to know, as well as shouting out some amazing indie games over on crowdfunding sites and occasionally derailing to a conversation about big anime chesticles. We are so happy to be part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network alongside so many other awesome gaming podcasts. So if you love indie games, make sure to listen in each and every Friday. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 109 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilson, and with me is a man who is a handful of snozberries away from being the next Thanos, Robert Workman. Okay, we're going to talk about your introductions a little bit here. <laughs> I don't I don't touch snozberries. I, I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. See, what you're going to do, David, one of these days you're just going to create an intro that's going to be really out there. And now here's a man who knows how to polish tubas for a living, Robert Workman. You're going to run into somebody. <laughs> I'm going to say They're that for like, next time, yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, like this is like, I'm not touching a tuba. Sorry. Anyway, this is not a tuba podcast. This is a retro gaming podcast. We have a very special guest on the show today because we are talking all things Marvel, baby. Marvel, baby. All yes. things Marvel. Uh, we have uh, somebody who worked on Marvel games for some time. Now he's working with uh, his buddies of there at Zen Studios. We're going to talk about what they're currently up to as well. But uh, it's Chris Baker, everybody. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, guys. Good to be here. I, I also, as a side gig, I polish tubas. That's right. What are the odds? Now, why don't you introduce him with that? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> we might have the people call in, like in case they, you know, they need some like tuba repair or something like that. <laughs> Look, it's been dusty for years. I need to clean it off for the band practice on Saturday. <laughs> Business has been really slow lately. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get into the Marvel stuff here. We're going to talk about some of the better old school games, where they might be going in the future. But, David, wow, what a week for news. Uh, I'm going to kick this off right because I've been loving this game for years. And finally, Ikaruga is coming to Nintendo Switch. It's been for a release date on May 29th. It's going to go for $14.99, released through the guys at Nicholas. I believe it's not Nicholas. It's Nicholas. Yes. they are really seeking for the Switch. They'll have a vertical mode, so you could like you know set up the screen like the way it was supposed to be and play with your little controller. That's an awesome way to go. And just everything about this game that was awesome on the Dreamcast and GameCube, it, it, it's it's going to be phenomenal on the Switch. I've been waiting for this one, and we won't have to make too much longer. May 29th. Mm. Love it. That's right. Yeah, this this uh, th- this month now actually, just, since now we're we're in May. So uh, yeah, I I played like, a good amount of uh, of like, Ikaruga, and like it's a really cool just vertical scrolling shooter basically. Um, and it's uh yeah, it's, it's like a lot of fun, especially with kind of that duality as far as like uh, switching from like light and dark and like um, having like it's basically like a bullet hell, but like like certain bullets won't harm you as long as you're like that same color. I believe is how it works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what it is, you, you basically switch over colors, and when you're the color of an enemy's bullets, you can absorb those bullets and then use them to, like, you know, charge up a super shot and take out other enemies. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it, it's a really cool game and definitely, like, a very unique game as far as, like, the, uh, as far as, like, kind of the shooter genre is concerned. Um, so, Chris, like, I don't know if you played any, any, any like, Ikaruga at all, if you're excited for this. I did. I played it on Xbox Live, I want to say. They came out on oh, Xbox yeah. Live, right? Like 10 years yeah. ago, maybe? <laughs> Xbox 360, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Xbox 360. Uh, yeah, I did play it there uh, for a bit. And yeah, the, the whole kind of uh, changing your, your colors to, to shoot the right, uh, you know, crafts and, and to not get shot, that adds a nice new dimension to the typical kind of shoot 'em up formula. Yeah, and it's challenging too because you, you keep having to remember, like during boss fights, they they shoot at like say the blue bullets and then like the dark bullets, so you have to like mm-hmm. keep switching back and forth. But it's really cool how they get that done. For sure, yeah, and it allows them to kind of get like a little crazier with the bullet hell style of uh, of like the game itself. So uh, you know, especially since like there is like kind of like that that strategy as far as like absorbing like, the bullets and making sure you're like switch out in time in case like you know there's like another group of bullets that comes in with a different color. So it's, it's a really cool game, and, and and you know definitely one that uh, like a lot of Switch owners should definitely pick up on uh, whether or not they played the game before. Honestly, it's it's just that good of a mm-hmm. game. Yeah, fifteen bucks. I mean, that sure beats paying sixty dollars for the um, GameCube version that has IGN's quote right there on the front. That's that right. I forgot about our, that. That's crazy. Our frothing demand for this game increases, or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah, it was some crazy quote like that. I was like, why would you uh, have that right there in the front cover? <laughs> because <laughs> IGN. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think like the only egregious like form of that honestly was with uh, like Arkham City and like having like all the like different like quotes like all around on the box yeah, itself. It was that's, just nuts. <laughs> that was so cheesy when they did that. I was like, uh, come on, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been Okami where they actually put an IGN logo on their box. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I forgot about that too. So bad. See, the cops are going to get them right now. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to mute this every so often. I don't know what's going that's on back okay. there, but uh, you know. New York for you, I guess. That's it's all right. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not uh, even in the city. <laughs> like like another hot take, at least like back in like the N sixty four days, was uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer, and uh, I know this is like a like a re release that you're really excited for here, Robert. Yeah, actually came out. Uh, they were supposed to release on May the fourth, but it actually came out yesterday when they launched their Star Wars May the fourth sale. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer available now for PC. It's eight dollars forty nine cents. Uh, I bought it, and I'm running into some technical hiccups. But you have to understand, I'm not a PC gamer. I have to go through some steps to fix that. But from what I've been hearing from a lot of the people, they're really happy to see this game back because it made an impact when it came out for Nintendo sixty four, and then later on for the Dreamcast. Uh, very cool racer. In fact, some people are saying it's like it's the best episode one game because all the other ones were kind of mediocre at the time. I believe it was yeah. like super bombad racing and the phantom menace. I can't Don't say it's about all the edutainment, like uh, Jabba's math challenge and uh, Jar Jar's adventure. Were those I know a lot about star Wars games. <laughs> wow. The Gungan frontier. God. Yeah. <laughs> droid works. Hit droids. It goes on and on. There were a million episode one well, games. All of a sudden, Mario is missing sounds a lot more desirable. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But anyway, I, yeah, the game is available on GOG.com. Um, and you can also get some other Star Wars games on sale. I think I saw Rogue Squadron over there for under four bucks. Yeah. And it's a really good port. So, yeah. Yeah. Was it ever 60 frames? I, I Or was it, was it 30? Um, it was uh, 30. I actually don't know. It was 30 on Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast. On PC, depending on your specs, I think it does run at 60. Mm. Right. Well, I know it does now. I wasn't sure if it yeah. did back in the day. 
I think they capped it at 30, but it looked really good at 30, I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a Yeah, like especially for like a high-speed racing game like this, like too, like you know, it would be great to have it at 60 frames per second. So, if you can do that, if your if your PC can uh, run that, then definitely definitely jump on that. And uh, speaking of things that uh, run classic games there, David, uh, that uh, the Atari VCS yeah, yeah. There's there's been some uh, some more information that's been uh, kind of popping up on it, uh, namely with the uh, the pre-sale date, uh, the price, and uh, as well as like some other information too. Um, but yeah, like the, the uh, like I know they're going with the Indiegogo, uh, you know, like uh, route, which is you know what's been kind of like rumored for like a long while now. Uh, and I believe the price that they're looking at is one ninety nine as far as like what they're like kind of starting off with, like uh, you know at least like two hundred dollars anyway. This was was, was uh, yeah kind of rounded but... out. Um, but yeah, like it, it's you know it's looking really cool uh, as far as like what they're kind of going here. I'm I'm still not quite sure like who this is for honestly because there's still like so many questions like kind of like revolving around this. But I'm definitely really intrigued by like what it is that they're doing and you know kind of see how it turns out. Well, here's the thing. I mean, like every time that we've seen something on it, there are no real clear answers. Like it was at Game Developers Conference a couple months ago, but it was a shell. They didn't even have working games. I almost felt like Coleco Chameleon vibes all over. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was kind of worried about that. Now E3 is coming around the corner next month, and I'm kind of thinking if they don't show off games here, they're going to miss out on a vital opportunity to build on the Indiegogo hype, and yeah. people might think it's the next Ouya. You know, and that's, I hate. That's- to that's, see that, yeah, th- that's what I'm really worried about, honestly, because it, it does have a very Ouya like vibe, and I think even Chris Kohler actually, like, he tweeted out uh, something like where uh, he was like, you know, I made my own um, Atari VCS, and it was literally the Atari 2600, and you just duct tape the Ouya on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like, yeah, it, like, and th- that's kind of like you know what's kind of come across too, because like it's it's basically like uh, you know just kind of like this machine that's able to kind of like uh, have like you know games like downloaded on it. Uh, I know it has like 4K, six, 60 frames per second. Um, you know, there's like like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, USB, all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all those, guys, you know, those, those like bells and whistles. But the real question here is the games. Now, I know that yeah. they're looking to kind of have like some sort of like collection of like classic Atari games on there, and that's kind of like a given, honestly, just because it's Atari. Uh, but they really desperately need some like primo third-party support in order to actually really, really have something here on their hands. I just show me games. What games does it run? Am I really going to pay $200 for a Wi-Fi USB thing that plays River Raid? Right. Show me some games that that get me excited for the system. That That's the thing that kind of made the Ouya tank. It's like we didn't know too much about the games until after it came out. And then all it was was just this collection of indie games. There was nothing to really get us hyped, nothing to really get us built up. I mean, if Atari's got all these deals with third-party companies, get us excited. I mean, does it support Capcom games? Does it support 2K games? I mean, yeah. show us something, anything. You it's know, kind of a here. less impressive Steam box almost in a way. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, like, it looks cool, honestly. Like, I love the, you know, the wood paneling finish. You know, that they're going to have like up on the uh, the Indiegogo campaign. It, it's a pretty looking system, you know. Honestly, like, and I, I love how they have like the classic controller in there too, with the you know with the joystick and the uh, like the one button and all that. Uh, but yeah, I just I'm just really not sure who this is for. Really, like, is this for old school Atari fans yeah. or is this for for newer gamers? I have no idea. Maybe it's a mix because you saw their pong table, right? The the one that actually has the pen, the, like the paddles and all there. It's a good conversation piece. It's good for classic gamers. I'm sure some casual people would love to have it in their living room. I don't know. Maybe Chris wants to set something up. But um, <laughs> you, you could just tell you have the audience right there with that product. With the Atari VCS, we have no idea who they're going for. It looks like they're going for classic gamers, but then you hear about the features and it's going for the casual audience. Yeah. So we need to see the games in order to get a better idea of what what they want. 
I mean, please give me that. Just just yeah. tell me a list of games at least. Given what what little I know about it, uh, which you know I, I I still don't really feel like I know what it is. But I think the most kind of comparable thing would be like an Nvidia Shield, mm-hmm. like uh, like because uh, apparently it's like a, a 4K hub for media stuff too. So that's what the Switch uh, uses, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the you know not the the handheld Nvidia Shield you bought years ago, but the one that's out there now. That's like. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's I don't I've never actually seen one in use, but from what I understand, it's got a lot of the same features as the Atari VCS that I keep hearing about. Yeah, but so. at least over in China, they got Nintendo 64 games on it. That's true. Or no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Wii games, Super Mario Galaxy and HD and stuff like that. My bad. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I'd get yeah. one of those. But uh, speaking of stuff we want to get, um, David, that E3 hype. It's yeah. building. If I understand, you'll be there probably sleeping in a dumpster somewhere or something. <laughs> but just um, my, Capcom, my accommodations will be a little bit better than that, trust me. <laughs> take a sleep away, a hideaway somewhere in Burbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Capcom has kind of hinted at two games that it's that's going to be revealing at the event. According to the listing, there's an action-adventure game that's going to be revealed for Switch, Xbox One, and PC, but there's also a fighting wrestling game, something like that, that will be revealed for PlayStation 4 and PC. Now, if you tell me Capcom and fighting game, automatically I'm going to put in my head, you guys need to release a Marvel versus Capcom anthology, just mm. because, you know, I, I, that's the way I think. But wrestling, this David, this could be the return of your beloved Saturday Night Slime Masters. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't uh, put my hopes up honestly for that. As much as I would love to see you know to to see Slam Masters come back, uh, I, I just don't see that in the cards. Honestly, if I was to guess what this is, um, you know, if it's not the like 30th anniversary, which is which is going to be coming out, which is that big collection of like Street Fighter games, uh, I'm honestly hoping maybe possibly this could be a new Darkstalkers. I think that might be like you know really or... cool to see come back. Or a Resurrection coming back, because that came out for 360 and PS3. Yeah. And we already have that Street Fighter collection, David. It's coming at the end of the month. Okay, yeah, there you go. All right. Remember? So, yeah, so it's, uh, I'm hoping Darkstalkers gets a revisit, you know, and I hope they treat it better than Marvel vs. Capcom. But well, I know that, um, that the Yoshinori Ono uh, has been wanting to you know, have like, Darkstalkers come back for like a long, long while. So maybe oh, he's yeah. finally go- going to get his way. That, that, that's like the only reason why I'm guessing it. So. Or, you know, I have a crossover, Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers. <laughs> that, that, that would be, be pretty amazing, honestly, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it's just some wild guesses out there. As far as their action-adventure game, I'm putting all my cards on Resident Evil 2 Remake mm. because that's okay. been teased for the longest time, and fans have been wanting it, and it's just a matter of days now before we hear something about it, or weeks. Yeah. It, it's got to happen. That might be the safer bet, although uh, my secondary guess would be uh, would be like a new Devil May Cry game, maybe. Or on Amusha. Or, oh yeah, yeah. Or, 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 I'd love either one of those. What do you guys yes. think the odds are that it's just something completely new we've never heard of? I mean, that'd mm. be cool. I mean, I I would be down for, it, but um, I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, if like how much that Capcom wants to, I guess, like risk with like a new IP, considering the fact that they are kind of uh, a little strapped for cash. I know, like, especially like after like that, you know, Street Fighter Five didn't do as hot as they hoped, and especially with uh, with Marvel's Capcom um, Infinite. Uh, didn't didn't do as well as they hoped as well. Uh, so mm. I'm I'm not seeing a Marvel um like, like a Marvel anthology or like anything like that. Robert honestly, <laughs> be, you'll be like for that reason alone. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it it would be you know it would be cool to kind of see um you know to see you know to see like what what they do with this honestly like you know like either you know if it's like Dark Stalkers that'd be great. I, you know I'm sure I assume that that the Resident Evil Two remake will be in the cards with that. Uh, although to see like a new Devil May Cry would, would be really cool too, especially since like you know with like a new Bayonetta being announced, so maybe they'll try to ride on the coattails of that. Who knows? 
Okay, just a couple more wild guesses here. Maybe in Maximo collection? Because I did love Maximo on the PS2, and I'm sure Chris did too. (laughs) Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. I'm not sure how many people realistically are calling for a um, collection of both. Matt, there was two, right? Two Maximo. Yeah, but you could throw the Ghosts and Goblins games on top. Yeah. 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 Uh, The second guess I have, maybe Capcom versus SNK3, because that worked out well for both companies. That would be amazing. Again, I would not hold out my breath for that, honestly. But that that would be amazing, because I know that's been kind of like, you know, rumored, or at least like a lot of fan speculation, a lot of like fan, like, you know, mock-ups too, like for that, to kind of like fool people into guessing that was, you know, being made, but yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. Honestly, yeah, but, but you cool. never know, David. You never know. You Old never games know. always have a way to come back. And that ties into our final news story. This is probably the weirdest thing I've heard. But apparently there was a brand new copy of Sonic 2 for Game Gear sitting somewhere. And yes. someone went and bought it this year. Um, I'm not sure why, but I guess somebody really wanted it. It was. <laughs> go ahead and fill me into the details in there, Sarah David. What what happened? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, apparently it's like a brand new copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Game Gear, and this 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 is a game that that I personally owned as well. Uh, but yeah, there's a brand new copy that got sold, you know, this year in 2018, and um, yeah, it's just it's just nuts. Like, there's actually like, very little information as far as like you know how this came to be. Like, apparently. Um, like apparently, like the best like uh, guess that a lot of people have is that it was like in, in you know in Toys R Us like in their like in some Toys R Us in like their back like room or whatever uh, for all these years like no one like knew it was there so they maybe it kind of slipped underneath like a shelf or something like I, like I know how those Toys R Us like like back rooms are actually I used to work at one personally and um, you know and, and maybe because of the fact that they were closing down and the liquidation just kind of getting everything out cleaning everything out. They probably just kind of came across it, just put it right, you know, put it right there on the shelf. Like as far as like games, they're just trying to get, you know, to get out there. And someone probably just picked up. You're like, cool. You don't see this every day. A new game, like you know, like quote unquote new Game Gear game there. Uh, so whoever got it, I mean, I'm just really hoping that they kind of come out and say like how that came to be, or like you know what their thought process was when they saw it. Like I just, I just love to just like interview whoever it was that picked this up. I want to know what they paid because I, I imagine. If you went to a uh, you know a, a retro game show or something with a you know shrink wrap copy of Sonic Two for Game Gear, I'd imagine that'd go for at least fifty to one hundred bucks. Well, yeah. it depends why they bought it. If it was Walmart, somebody could have easily snagged it for four bucks. Right. Yeah. Or or, yeah. or, or or like whatever was like the sticker price like for like when that game like originally came out, which is probably like I don't know like 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 thirty bucks, forty bucks. I don't know like how much of that uh, that the, the, the Game Gear games were going for like in retail price. Uh, but I'm sure it was like something like along those lines. If it was just like whatever was a sticker price that was on there, like when it was in whatever back room, like for all those years. So you know, so who knows? And, and again, this is all kind of like uh, just just kind of theories, really, as far as like what it actually is. Uh, but apparently, it was just you know, it was just like in a store for like that long, and you know, it was fine. someone just picked up this brand new copy. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. And like it was, it's was, it was kind of funny too, actually, because like, a lot of people were kind of you know thinking back as far as like actually playing the game and saying that it was actually like a really really difficult game. I, I remember playing this, and like I don't remember it being like super difficult, but I mean like it, it was just kind of just 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 like a classic Sonic game, but on the Game Gear, and um, it's it just like a lot of fun. And like um, yeah, I mean, like you know just, just just kudos to whoever like picked that up, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, not so collectible for a collection. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, some some cool and weird news, honestly, with that. So, uh, but that's going to lead us now into the part of the show called "What Are You Playing," which gets into the games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So, Chris, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? 
Uh, yeah, you know, not a lot lately, but, uh, you know, I have uh, kind of dabbled in God of War like everybody else. I'm probably way, way, way behind everybody else. But uh, I, you know, that I don't know what I can say about that game that everyone else hasn't said a million times already. It's beautiful, plays great. Uh, you know, the characters and everything are, are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I also just finally recently got a Switch, so I'm uh, just slowly making my way through Mario Odyssey. I played a decent amount of that last night. Uh, you know, again, like what else can I say? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's an amazing uh, game. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, uh, just uh, through through work because i work with uh, zen studios right now uh not that i wouldn't be playing this anyway but i've been playing the last jedi tables on pinball fx3 yeah uh along with the jurassic world tables that were released not too long ago as well um yeah i mean i've i've always been a fan of this company back when i worked at marvel i was uh the the guy who helped them on the marvel side of things to make all the marvel pinballs happen back in 2010 uh, even before that, I worked on a Punisher game with them. Oh, you guys cool. remember that? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I've, been, I've had a relationship with this company for a long time, and, and I've always loved the pinball. I always tell people, mm. like, there's nothing, I, there's no game I've ever worked on that I've played more after it's actually released than, uh, than Marvel Pinball. Mm. Uh, especially that. And, uh, you know, because as much as I like the games I've worked on, like, uh, you know, you play the alpha a lot of times. You play the beta a lot, and you know then the game finally comes out, and you might play through it once, but <laughs> you, you <laughs> might not even because because you played it so much already. But like Marvel Pinball, just I love the well the Zen Pinball and, and Pinball FX in general. Yeah, uh, you know I I love just that kind of the competitive nature of it all, and um, it's kind of like my favorite game for uh, comparing scores. Oh, Robert uh, and I like 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 go back and forth with, with our you know, with our pinball scores like all the time. I know. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I like see your name up there. It's like got got to beat Robert. Sorry, I, I, gotta, I, I gotta, gotta, gotta do it. You. I'm sorry, another personal. Just gotta beat you. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I've known um, I've known Zen Studios for a while back too. I remember like Mel Kirk being there for the longest time, and I remember like what was it uh, like some pack show almost ten years ago. We we brought him on the podcast. It was like a live podcast we were doing on the show floor. It was myself and a couple other people even dragged greg miller in the middle of all but uh the podcast never made it but god mel was nervous i thought he was gonna pass out it's like dude relax <laughs> only five people listen to the show <laughs> not, not our show this was the he's podcast. an old pro at podcast now he, he did your show a few months ago right or am he i thinking of something else yeah yeah it was it was um it was mel mel kirk over at zen studios yeah yeah so he, he, he was a lot more relaxed when he came on our show because it was just what us <laughs> yeah yeah it was just us so yeah exactly and, and just talk about about pin, you know about pinball and honestly like the the marvel pinball tables like they are like really really awesome especially infinity gauntlet that's my personal favorite one that's so so good like like that was yeah the, that was a ton of fun to work on yeah and um honestly like like the thing i love the most about it i think was uh was like the voice actor who played as thanos because uh, i know this is okay. the, the, you know, the, the same voice actor who did um who did the uh, saga in like the street and like street fighter 4 and like all that so uh it just kind of had that like deep bellowing like menacing voice and like reading off the lines that were straight from the comic it was just amazing i it so think good. it's the same guy who was in uh, marvel vs. capcom infinite as well i oh, think it? it was that guy too yeah oh cool okay yeah it, it sounded like like very familiar like when i was kind of hearing his voice in that game so yeah yeah 
That's cool. Um, yeah, and, oh, and, and, and one thing I do have to mention, since you did mention uh, with, with a God of War, is that there is actually an Easter egg uh, where you can actually wield like, the Infinity Gauntlet. It, it doesn't actually what? say the, really? the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. but it's basically a parody of it. It's like an Easter egg in the game. Yeah. Wow, they, they knew when they were coming out, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's, it's actually like, a very powerful weapon, too. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really neat. Uh, Robert, how, what have you been playing? Well, besides God of War, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do love me some God of War, but I've also been playing a couple other games. I've been uh, I've been playing around with uh, Raging Justice, uh, which is a game that's coming out next week from Team Seventeen. It's a side scroll. It's sort of like a side scroll beat 'em up with like Pit Fighter style quality. Yeah, this is uh, a PAX, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm just playing an early build on PC now, but it's supposed to be out on Switch and PC next week. It's it's good fun, but uh, a game that's really taken to my attention. It's uh, it's called Fighting Rage. Uh, it was actually released back in September, and it was done uh, by a team. Let me see if I can just say this right. Seba Games Dev. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a brand new uh, old school side scrolling beat 'em up uh, inspired by the classics from the golden age. Uh, it's got terrific controls, uh, great graphics, a fun soundtrack. I mean, it's on sale right now. I think it's only like about 13 bucks right now on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked about them doing a console release, said nothing in the cards yet, but this get, this title is making the rounds. You never know, but uh, yeah, if you got Steam, it's it's definitely worth checking out. It's a uh, it's a pretty good game. And then, um, last but not least, been working my way through South Park to Fracture Hole on Switch. Uh, uh, it's really good. I'm enjoying it, like always. So, cool. yeah, I've just been all over the place. Uh, but like I said, I think Fight and Rage and Raging Justice. I'm just, I'm very upset lately. Fight and Rage and Raging <laughs> Justice. There's just, you can't control my rage. I'm so mad. I'm <laughs> so much rage. Do you, know, you feel like going to play like Primal Rage just for the hell of oh, it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you get to get the, like the like I mean, trifecta of rage right there. <laughs> for that matter, why don't I just find a copy of Bethesda's Rage and just play that? There That's you go. It. Yeah, yeah right. it's perfect right there. <laughs> I'm so mad, David. What have you been playing? I'm so mad. <laughs> um, so I'm getting my rage on too with uh, with with, uh, with God of War. Also, there's uh, there's some Spartan rage they could do in that game. Um, yep. Aside from that, I also recently beat A Link to the Past. Uh, so this is a game that I. Just kind of like you know i had to kind of play after going through link's awakening for the first time like you know from start to finish uh you know i just want to kind of play some link to the past after that and yeah it's still still one of the best games of all time honestly i, I just absolutely adore that game uh aside from that i've also been playing death row to canada on switch uh so this is a game that i played when it originally came out on uh, on steam and uh like re- you know really cool game and definitely lends itself well to switch being like handheld and all uh you know you're basically like you know traveling from like a uh, southern united states all, all the way up to Canada, uh, so not too unlike Oregon Trail in that sense. But most of the game is like you as like you know is like guys like in like a top down setting, uh, just just kind of you know just, just beating back like zombies and like uh, you know collecting like uh, gas and food and like all this stuff. So like it's just kind of like a matter of kind of keeping yourselves alive uh, as well as like all the kind of the random elements that can happen uh, while you're playing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool game. Definitely one to to, to pick up on uh, when it does come out. I believe it's coming out very soon. Uh, I know there was like a delay for it actually after the uh, that Toronto van attack that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it is coming out very very soon. So def, def, definitely pick it up if you're kind of looking for a more action oriented Oregon Trail kind of experience. I think it's the fifteenth. The fifteenth, if I recall okay. what the eShop listing said. So yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it's, it's coming out very soon. So definitely look out for that. Uh, and besides that, like I, I've I've also uh, been meaning to play some Lightfall because I I've, you know I've had Lightfall on my Switch for like a little while. I know it's out now, mm-hmm. uh, but like I absolutely loved it like over at PAX East. So I, I definitely have to kind of get that full experience once I can because I believe it's like a it's supposed to be kind of like a sixty-eight hour like like a six to eight hour game experience. So um, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to diving into that uh, very soon. So uh, mm-hmm. and one game that you definitely want to dive into very soon here 
is Antihero on Steam. This is a game I'm giving away. Uh, so run a thieves guild in a gaslit Victorian city. Antihero is a fast-paced digital board game with an Oliver twist. Recruits, uh, recruit street urchins, hire thugs, start a gang, upgrade your guild, steal everything, and bribe, blackmail, and assassinate your way to victory. So if that sounds like your jam, definitely jump on this. Uh, again, this is for Steam. So the Steam code is HY9WNX4M3X0X44T. Again, that's Antihero on Steam. Enjoy. So with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure, like, since we're going to be talking about, like, Marvel games, uh, you know, superheroes and all that stuff, uh, I figure we may as well start off with uh, basically what was, like, the first game, really, that had the license, which was Spider-Man on Atari 2600. So this mm-hmm. is a 1982 action game by Atari. Uh, as I said, it was the first video game to feature Spider-Man, and it was also the first Marvel Comics-based video game. And the game was also featured on an Angry Video Game Nerd episode. So the, and I remember that being like a very funny episode, actually, because like, you know, he's actually playing the games with, with, with Spider-Man and is making fun of the game and all that stuff. But um, I do remember playing this game uh, for like a review for, you know, for Retro Magazine back in our retro days uh, there, Robert. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's, a comp- you know, it's, it's a competent game. It's, you know, it's pretty cool, like, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, again, being the first Spider-Man game, first Marvel game, period. And, um, yeah, it was, was, was kind of cool, like, for back then, because you were literally just, like, you know, shooting your web to kind of climb up a building and take out thugs in the windows and get up to, like, where, uh, where like, Green Goblin is just, like, throwing bombs at you. And aren't you supposed to defuse bombs as well? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he's got yes. a super bomb at the top. The, the super bomb. That's what it was. Super yes. bomb. And the <laughs> green, green Goblin's just super sitting. bomb in big letters, uh, in capital letters all the time. I know. Yeah. Green, ahead, green Robert, Goblin sorry. just wants to blow up stuff. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, for an early Atari 2600 game, this wasn't bad. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. They could have taken a route like the X-Men NES game, which I never want to mention again. Mm. Um, but, I mean, this one was true to the theme of Spider-Man. It didn't look the best, but then again, and what 1982 Atari 600 game looks the best exactly yeah um so you know it, it was a good twist on the um superhero genre so i i think i actually enjoyed this more than the superman game because the superman game was kind of a little confusing it was okay but it was still yeah. a little superman this one had does, a much more simple premise I think. yeah superman doesn't exactly have like the best track record in gaming periods <laughs> yeah yeah well we're not gonna go well for when superman came out like it came out in uh it came out with the movie actually in, in december 1978 <laughs> And uh, it was actually, it is the first game that ever came out to, like, ride the coattails of the movie, mm. which is interesting. But, uh, yeah, you know, Spider-Man was several years later. And one thing I like about it, I think is pretty interesting, is that it was actually created by a woman. Like, mm. uh, her name is uh, Laura Nikolic, I believe her name is. Uh, it, yeah, and I do think it actually uh, holds up as better than average for an Atari game. You know, uh, a lot of those are just hard to go back to, even the great ones. But, uh, you know, uh, this was a good one. Did you guys ever see the commercial for this yes. particular game? Yeah, the yep. commercial's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I run a, a YouTube channel called Superhero Video Games. And uh, one thing I did recently was count down all of the uh, Spider-Man uh, TV commercials. Oh, okay. And uh, that was number one because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the costumes are great. Yeah. And it even like lets you know what you're doing in the game. It shows the game, uh, you know, and 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 it does it in a really creative way. It's it's super campy, but it, it's it's really great. I suggest everyone look that up. You know what? Uh, I I liked it, but I think I like the pitfall ad with Jack Black. Even I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> 
Because that you want to talk about cheese? That that's cheese, but yeah. it's amazing cheese. <laughs> that 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 was Jack Black's first like gig, I think. Like he, he, yeah. he, he was just like a kid in that commercial, but yeah, like it, it is it is kind of funny to kind of look back on those old old gaming ads, like especially for like Atari games, and yeah, it's, it's just it's just nuts to go back to those. So. Phil Hartman doing an ice hockey commercial. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. I love Phil Hartman too. God, yeah, yeah. that's really good. That's really good. Um, so uh, you know, another thing that's really good here actually is X Men Arcades. So uh, this is a 1992 beat 'em up by Konami. It was notable for having a six-player deluxe cabinet that housed two screens. I know, like with uh, with it, it was kind of like it was like the one screen that you see like in front of you, and also like another screen that's like underneath it that's like mirrored to kind of you know give it kind of that wide effect, basically. And um, character designs were based on a 1989 television pilot called X Men: Pride of the X Men. So this is actually like a pilot that was before the uh, the X Men animated series that came out on Fox, like you know that, that that everyone knows. This is actually like a separate like it was supposed to be like a different show altogether, basically with that. Uh, and then, like, the last note I have here is uh, some infamous, infamous voice lines from the villain Magneto include, I am Magneto, master of magnet, and welcome to die. So, um, some... Ex-chickens. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so some, some really good ones. But, yeah, this is an absolutely beloved game. So, Chris, I imagine you played a whole ton of X-Men Arcade, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, I think it's even giving it a little too much credit to say it made me an X-Men fan, but it definitely set the stage because uh, it came out summer of 92, or that was the first time I saw it in the in, uh, arcade anyway and uh just a little bit a few months after that came the cartoon which is what like really got me into it mm. so uh it was like the perfect setup for me becoming a, the huge x-men fan that, that i would definitely become through throughout the course of the 90s and still am today uh yeah i mean it's just it's one of my favorite beat-em-ups and i always if i see an arcade i go and i play it it's like appropriately magnetic in that regard, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments in journalism was when they re-announced it for Xbox 360 and PlayStation yeah. 3. That that was just like, ah, yeah, I get to welcome to die. Yay. <laughs> were you there? Were you at the... the it was no, the I watched it online, but we, yeah. I, was, I was watching it online, but it was just, we were all going nuts about it. Be like, I'm going to be this player. I'm going to be this player. I'm going to be Nightcrawler. No. no yeah, that, that was like uh, three years in the making, that happening, but I, I was super happy when that did. Because that, that was like the moment I got to Marvel, I was like, "How can we get X Men Arcade on consoles?" Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but uh, you know, you mentioned the Welcome to Die line. One of my favorite co- personal contributions uh, to a game that I did at Marvel was support in uh, Marvel versus Capcom Three. Mm, yeah, uh, when Deadpool line. goes up against uh, Magneto, he says. Uh, Magneto, welcome to die. Yeah, oh, that was me. Yeah, was... <laughs> awesome. Well, I can, I, I, I can, I can blame you for that then, like for for, for that reference. Yeah. That, was, that was a really good one. <laughs> God, so you haven't used it in a pinball game yet. When Magneto pops up, ah, oh, welcome to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you can play X Men pinball. Oh, uh, here's oh, it one. does. Play X Men pinball. Uh, Professor Xavier uh, says, "Go and save the city." Oh, d- d- yeah, that d- is d- d- just totally in the beginning. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I put that in there too. That's awesome. I also put the uh, line from the animated series uh, that Wolverine tells the Sentinels. What is it? Uh, Oh, this is for you, Morph. No, no, it's not <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm sending you back to Oz, Tin Man. That's like that. yeah, I remember yeah. that. Too. <laughs> That's yeah. in there. Oh, I, That's really good. Nostalgia, <laughs> gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor morph, poor morph. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to lead us now into Obscura. 
And I figured since it was a Marvel show, I, I dig in like one of the most obscure Spider-Man games out there. Spider-Man Web of Fire. This was a video game that was released exclusively for the 32X, the Sega 32X add-on. And it was the last game released for the system in North America. In it, the player controls Spider-Man through six stages of side-scrolling levels. He's going up, he goes up against Hydra and their hired hands, the new enforcers. And basically, the city ends up being surrounded by a web of fire. And it's up to Spider-Man to take, up a, take on a number of bosses and including Dragon Man, the Eel, Thermite, Blitz, Tangle, and Super Adaptoid. I'm not making that up. (laughs) Now, it's kind of interesting. We were talking about this before the show. Chris apparently has some fond memories of this game. I recall it being not really as good as the Spider-Man game. Oh, I I have no memories of this game whatsoever. I've never played it. Sorry. No, I just know a lot about it. <laughs> it fascinates me. It's, it's, it's very existence. Because even back like when it was uh, when it was fairly new, like a year old or so, it was going for like $70 on eBay at that time, mm. which was a lot for a 32X game. And, you know, I never really knew why. And part of me thought, all right, I'll just hold out and, and wait, and it'll go down. And it never has. It just keeps going up and up. If you look on eBay now, a loose copy is probably in the three to four hundred dollar range nice. um yeah I, I i went to a uh, convention last year called too many games uh, near philadelphia hmm. and uh this is on my youtube channel as well i did a, a video uh kind of chronicling the most or counting down the most expensive superhero video games that i saw at uh that show number one was uh was web of fire in three different ways one was the cartridge by itself which was like I think it was probably 400. One was complete in box, which uh, was five something, I think. And one was uh, completely unopened, which was something like, I think, 950, 975, somewhere around there. Damn. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, being the last 32X game, I think, is uh, why it had a super low uh, run. Uh, There aren't many in existence, so... Although I think there are more than people might think, because there's always copies on eBay, if you look. Yeah. There's always copies there. It's kind of ridiculous. From what I heard, like the gameplay just it doesn't really involve too many of Spider-Man's abilities. It's more just about you mean you do some web slinging, but you do a lot basic basic attacks when it comes to taking down enemies. And I think like the most innovative thing was that you could actually call upon Daredevil to help you out if you pick up these little tokens. That that was really the most innovative thing because it sounded like the Genesis version had all these enemies I'd heard of. I don't know who a super adaptoid is. Oh yeah, okay. So this this is interesting uh, information you might not get elsewhere, but uh, this is actually based on like a three issue arc Mm -hmm. in the comics. Uh, And and these guys you're fighting are called the new enforcers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, super adaptoid is more of an Avengers villain actually. Uh, you know, all these characters are more more associated with other characters than they are Spider-Man. But like, they all teamed up uh, against Spider-Man for whatever reason. I think uh, probably probably uh, Dragon Man is the most mainstream of that bunch. Which oh wow, okay. saying much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I never like heard of this game honestly. And like when Robert brought it up, you know, for uh, you know to be mentioned on during like Obscura, I'm like that's really obscure because I've absolutely never even heard of the game. So yeah, and, uh, it, it makes sense too because I know like this game didn't exactly get like a whole lot of coverage like when it came out either. Actually, yeah. kind of speaking to that, uh, like eight years ago or so, I was at San Diego Comic Con. And if you've ever left San Diego Comic-Con and walked through the Gaslamp District, you know there's, a, there's like an art gallery there. Uh, and there's a, that particular year, they had the original art to this game. 
Oh, wow. uh, hmm. Yeah, which is, is a really beautiful uh, painted piece of, of Spider-Man and Dragon Man. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is, they had no idea what they had. Because the, uh, the label on it was just like Spider-Man by, uh, I forget the artist's name, but, uh, but it, you could tell they, they, they had this beautiful image of Spider-Man and they had no idea what it was from. Wow. Huh. It would have been interesting to drop that little nugget, but it's kind of weird. Like Sega Spider-Man games, it's like aside from the amazing Spider-Man on um, Sega Genesis, like their Spider-Man games didn't give me too much hype. I mean, along with Web of Fire, there was also that Spider-Man, the video game arcade game, mm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I talked about on the show several times, uh, four-player beat-em-up, really good segments between like shooting segments and beat-em-up segments. Mm. And it didn't get nearly the distribution that like Ninja Turtles did. It was still pretty popular in some places, but yeah. not nearly as popular as it could have been. And there was no home release. I think that was the biggest cardinal sin of all. A game like yeah. that would done a cd but you know sega was just in you know doing what they could with the license and then, then they moved on to something else so yeah it was a really weird ensemble in that game you had spider-man black cat, black cat yeah. makes sense and you Something had America. namor yeah <laughs> namor was yeah. in there too yeah well, and namor, then you had hawkeye who was also in Captain right. America in the yeah event. right that, that was that, a big time for Hawkeye. He was he was a <laughs> yeah. big uh, gaming star in 1991. Yeah, not big. to mention um, Spider-Man was in Revenge of Shinobi, kind of illegally. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, there was that too. Yeah, so like, sp- uh, and, and and he would also turn into Batman, and then yeah, it was, it was kind of, tell, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it a little crazy, but yeah, Spider-Man was was definitely everywhere, and uh, he you know he, he was definitely very popular back then. And, you know, just as like he's popular now, but like I feel like yeah. you, you kind of saw Spider-Man literally everywhere back then, so. Yeah, but I just wish I just wish the arcade game got more hype. But that's just me. But like yeah, um, web web of fire. Uh, it, also, a quick note: it also used motion captured animation. This was the time when games were starting to dabble with that silicone silicone graphics technology. But I think like it wasn't really too popular at the time because people saw what it did for Batman Forever, and no. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, so yeah it, that, that's uh, that's my obscure. It doesn't look like a 32x game either. It, it, it looks it it looks like it could have been done on the Genesis. Seriously, yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really look like it took too much advantage of it, aside from maybe a couple of effects. That's really about it. I think that kind of like speaks to like with like just the 32x in general. <laughs> like it wasn't exactly like you know going leaps and bounds over what was already like you know happening like years before it. No, I mean, there was an X-Men game in production for 32X, and it used 3D graphics. It was supposed to push it to the next level. And then, of course, obviously, the 32X got canceled yeah. and never got to see. But, I mean, that could have been interesting. There's, like, what... about 10 minutes of footage of that game on YouTube, if you look Yeah, I'm actually looking it up now. I think it was called um, X-Men Mind Games Yeah, is the name. But, yeah, look it up there, kids. Yeah, we'll talk about it some other time. That's... For sure, for sure. Um, or we can even talk about it now because we're going into our main topic. Actually, it's oh, going to okay, be well... all, all about retro gaming in the Marvel Universe, basically. Um, so I, I figure, like, uh, you know, it kind of starts us off, actually. Like, uh, I figure we kind of get into, like, why the Marvel license actually lends itself well to video games in general. Um, and, you know, I was kind of, like, say right off, I mean, like, you know, who, who doesn't want to play as superheroes, honestly? Um, and so it's like, you know, with the different powers and everything, it just, you know, it just kind of makes sense. Like, you know, when, you know, when you're playing as Wolverine, you want claw stuff. When you're playing as Cyclops, you want eye beam stuff and all that. And it, it, when you're it, playing it, Spider-Man, you want to use webs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you want to like climb on buildings and yeah, so, so, like swing around and all that stuff. So like, they're like, you know, like there are like games that got it right. And there were like a good number of games that didn't get it right, really, as far as like making you feel like a superhero and like using yeah, all your right. powers and, and all that. And, 
yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, with, with X Men, as we mentioned before, uh, you know the, the NES X Men, I should say. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, there was the um, the like, Genesis X Men, which is really good, actually. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, that we're going through a variety of stuff because I, I, if we were going to talk about X Men and Silver Surfer in the NES, no. Uh, oh, but, Silver uh, Surfer on the NES was ridiculously bad. Silver oh Surfer could have been good if it weren't so hard. I, yeah. I, I do uh, stick up for that game a little bit. Even though it has Mr. Sinister as the final boss, which makes no sense. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite NES uh, uh, Marvel game was The Punisher. Because, you know, it, it was actually brutal with its shooting. And I remember, like, what was it? I was going through one part of the stage. There was a dude just sitting there playing a sax and accidentally yeah. shot him. That guy shows up. Yeah, there's not much good stuff going on with NES on Marvel games. I would say probably Captain America and the Avengers is the best, and even that's not that good. Yeah. And it's nothing like the arcade at all. That was, like a weird, that was a weird license, Captain America and the Avengers, because you had the NES version, which was pretty good, uh, like a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Then you had the Super Nintendo version, which tried to be like the arcade game, but had very bad controls. Ooh, but then yeah. you had the Genesis game, the Genesis game done by Data East. That was amazing. That was probably one of the best arcade home ports that I'd seen at the time. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of weird how Captain America panned out, like on those all those different consoles. But then we started getting more into, um, obviously, X-Men, X-Men 2 Clone Wars. Wars, mm. uh, the Spider-Man stuff that ran rampant with LGM. They, they released a ton of Spider-Man games um, for different platforms. We're, we're talking like Arcade Revenge, Return of the Sinister Six, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all sorts of Maximum Carnage and Separation Anxiety. Although they were kind of acclaim, it was like a, a crossover kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, at least they were serviceable beat 'em ups. They weren't crappy like Stargate and Judge Dredd. I, I love mean, Maximum Carnage. I, oh, yeah. I, I love Maximum. Well, the thing with, um, with 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 like Maximum Carnage, honestly, is like is like the like presentation. Like they really just kind of nailed down as far as like transitioning, like what you know what happened in the comics, like right into like the into, like the NES with those cutscenes and like you know seeing seeing like Carnage show up and like you know with like J. Jones, J., you know with J. Jones Jameson's like office and um, you know like the Honey I'm Home and all that stuff. Like they they yeah. actually like transitioned all that like really well into the SNES. Yeah, not to mention the fact they had a green Jello do the soundtrack. Yeah, when yeah. I worked on uh, I worked on Marvel Heroes uh, for a while, and we had Carnage come out as a, it was a team up character. You could you know you had your playable character, and then you could uh, buy a team up character. Carnage was one, so we did a trailer for him, and I actually sought out the uh, the guy who runs Green Jello, and uh, we got that music for our trailer. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Turns out Green Jello is literally one guy, and he goes from town to town, and he has like uh, just people in these towns who know all the songs, and they play. Wow! <laughs> it yeah. was Jello originally, and and they still call themselves that like internally, but you know Jello is a name brand, so right. when they got big, they had yeah. to make it a generic jelly. Right. I think I think they had to name it for Jelly when one of their songs ended up in Dumb and Dumber. That was the Bear song. Um, so, uh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, back to instead of Dumb and Dumber, let's talk about games. <laughs> uh, no, X-Men, I, I think once 16-bit came around, the X-Men started to see more validation. You know, we had X-Men, X-Men 2. We had uh, that one um, Super Nintendo Capcom game, Mutant Apocalypse, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And this was unique because you could play as different characters, and you actually incorporated, like, fighting-style moves as your special moves. So you could do, like, like a tornado claw with Wolverine, I believe it was, or or a or a phase blast with the Cyclops, hmm. 
or like a ground pound with beast. Um, so yeah, it just really got the X-Men. I mean, after the abomination that was the NES version, it could go nowhere, but up. Right. So, (laughs) and then uh, obviously, uh, things took off with, uh, the X-Men versus street fighter and, um, Mm -hmm. children of the atom. Oh, there's like Capcom Uh, fighting games for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, acclaims, uh, I don't know if I should talk about the PlayStation port of X-Men versus Street Fighter. It was, you couldn't do the character switch outs. It was yeah. just... We could probably stick with like the original arcade versions. Cause, like, that's, or that's, the Saturn versions. Or, 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 or Saturn versions, exactly. Because yeah, like, I, you know, I, I remember like going to the arcades and like playing those games all the time. Like They were just so cool like, just to see... Like you know, these like Street Fighter characters who I've grown up like you know just loving anyway, and then like the X Men like you know popping up because of how popular they were, especially after the um, the, the, the like animated series, uh, just all kind of like just fighting with each other. This is really cool having like you know Ken with like Wolverine and like Ryu and Cyclops and j- just like that one like intro scene honestly like with um uh with like Cyclops and and Ryu shaking hands like just coming together is like X Men versus Street yeah, Fighter. Yeah, put up a gif of that in one of your tweets. I, I did, yes, and it was, it's just so iconic. It's so cool. I just love it but by the same token i mean like where the arcade was taken off we kind of got more like average home releases like acclaim got a hold of licenses like what was it iron man and exo man of war and heavy metal oh, Jesus. and yeah fan- <laughs> there was that. And, and fantastic boar up uh, for sorry <laughs> fantastic oh. boar yes <laughs> that's not inaccurate to say that yeah, yeah I do, right. <laughs> you remember the soundtrack for that game it was like jazz Oh <laughs> what is it with like Marvel and like jazz music? Because it was the same thing in uh in, in like Marvel too, honestly. So. Yeah. But, 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 yeah, you know, but at least Marvel vs. Capcom two had lyrics that made sense compared to like I'm going to bash my head in. It's clobbering time with this PlayStation. No. Oh but I mean, moving on back to Capcom, because we need to talk happier days. Obviously, after X-Men vs. Street Fighter, which, by the way, got an incredible port on Saturn to that four-megabyte cartridge. Mm-hmm. I think that made all the difference. We got the Marvel vs. Capcom games. Uh, started in 1998 with Clash of Superheroes, which I really enjoyed, because they threw Strider Hiryu in there, yeah. along with a few other favorites like Venom. But I think the big one, and I think you both agree with me here, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. Mm-hmm. That yeah. really kickstarted the franchise uh and really got people in the arcades and on the dreamcast well that's uh, that's that's the one that like everyone like loves because of how huge the roster is i think it's like 56 yeah. characters or something like that that's in that including roster Thanos, including Thanos is in there and two wolverines <laughs> and the two wolverines exactly because yeah, they had like the bone claw one and the, and the right. adamantium one yeah so it's yeah. just kind of crazy like how they added in both of them but yeah it's like it was it was just like an insane game just like mashing like all these like characters together and like having them just just you know just interact and all this stuff. I don't think anyone like really knows like why Thanos was given bubble moves, but you know the, it was just there. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, with like the Marvel games, I mean, like the ones that I remember playing, and like I think the earliest one that I remember playing, honestly. Uh, was uh, Spider-Man on Game Boy. And like this is like something I've talked about on the show before, I believe. Um, but Spider-Man on, on Game Boy is like one of the worst games I've ever played, <laughs> honestly. It's, it's, I, I, I have like PTSD like just like playing this game at, uh, at my neighbor's house down in the basement just playing his Game Boy. I, I never owned it. Uh, but like I remember playing this and like trying to get past like just like that second level where you're like web swinging like on like the rooftops. And there's no way to kind of get past like certain uh, certain rooftops if you're already web swinging and like... Uh, you know, the, like the web swing mechanic will just kind of happen randomly. Like, there's no rhyme or reason as to why it activates or not. 
Um, so it was just like a very infuriating game, but like, it it was kind of cool. Like with the uh, like one thing positive I'll say about it is like the um, phone calls you'll have like in, in between levels uh, with like the villain of that particular stage, uh, and you're just kind of just taunting each other. Just, you know, just, like, it's like walkie forth. talkies, isn't it? it, it they're walkie talkies, like, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'm yeah that's gonna right. Find that's you right. and I'm gonna kill you. That's yeah. right. And like everybody knows that Peter Parker, Spider Man, and and the and my favorite is the just the art for Venom. I don't know if you ever saw if you if you didn't get past the second level, you probably never saw the art for Venom. But it's like uh, I th- in one of my videos, I think I, I called it uh, uh, he, something Eddie Brock picked up on clearance from Party City. Like it's uh, it's uh, it really looks like just like a, you know, like a costume with a, a mask you'd buy uh, for Halloween or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's awful. Uh, I think Rare did Rare do that game. I want to say they did. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Maybe, <laughs> because, yeah, because really, re- really early rare wasn't exactly the most impressive, like outside of like battle yeah. Lines, but yeah, yeah. But fortunately, Spider-Man saw better days because I remember it was a perfect time for it too. Um, NeverSoft, the guys who did Tony Hawk's Pro Skater mm-hmm. games, they did Spider-Man for PlayStation, and then later Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast. And that game was really good because it introduced like open world sort well not open world but like 3d based combat you could use your webs more effectively and plus i had the greatest dialogue i, I swear to god I, I it was spider-man working on a computer venom was standing over his shoulder and venom's just like surf the web surf the web <laughs> and it was the funniest thing ever and then i think the end what was it like like they were in a the villains were in like a poker game in prison or something go fish go, go, go fish oh, oh yeah go the, fish. Well, the, both the heroes and the villains were playing uh, go fish yeah <laughs> Yeah. It was very kid friendly in that sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a neat little game at the time, and it showed what uh, what uh, NeverSoft could do yeah. uh, in terms of I got elements. To do that for the official PlayStation magazine back in the day. That oh, was, that's uh, and uh, that led to like Activision's uh, holding of licenses and doing games like X Men Mutant Academy, mm-hmm. and then uh, obviously uh, we got games like um, X Men Legends. And Legends 2, Rise of Apocalypse, which yes. would later lead to Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yes. Uh, I did enjoy the hell out of those games and those playing along games. with And uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which, you know, I, a lot of people say Spider-Man 2 is their great open world favorite. And it is very good. And I'm never going to discount Bruce Campbell as a narrator ever because he's great. But Ultimate Spider-Man had more of that comic book spirit. And plus, I'll tell you, there was something horrifying about Venom like eclipsing like putting a kid inside him sucking his energy and then just leaving him laying on the sidewalk yeah (laughs) there's something like a little unsettling about that for sure (laughs) not that i'm an evil person i'm just like you know if you're gonna play as venom you're gonna play as venom right (laughs) that's true yeah and in march i did a uh thing on my youtube channel and my twitter account uh that i called spider madness and i did like a tournament of every spider-man game ever made and it was more than sixty four. It was like uh, it was like eighty something. Damn. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the two the two winners were or, or the two in the final uh, final match were Ultimate Spider Man and Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two uh, ran away with it, but uh, I, I do think the more passionate the people who are really passionate about it prefer uh, Ultimate because uh, it, it does represent the IP a, a little better. I think uh, you know it, it's it's a beautiful. It has an amazing artistic style. Like oh, I think it, it really holds up, and in the same way, almost no, it's not quite to the level of like a Wind Waker, but in the same kind of way, I think it kind of holds up like that. Like you can, kind of it's a, it's a, a better looking PS2 original Xbox game today than most game, you know, most games of that era were. Yeah. played, I think it's it's a cel shaded art style is what it is. Yeah, totally. And, and I think back then a lot more chances were taken. Uh, my favorite 
Marvel game probably out of the PS2 era was the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. It, it was in, it was literally incredible. It was made by the guys that did Prototype uh, over there at Radical Entertainment. And you basically, if you had a helicopter, you, you, you could pick up a car, throw it at the helicopter, and blast it out of the sky. It, it, the, the game had moments like that. All over the place, and it was phenomenal. Just well, the what level all... of like a, of like actual like destruction you can cause in the game was like unprecedented at the time. Like it was just amazing oh, yeah. back then. Yeah, you know, there, there's a there's a point in that game where Hulk can grab a car and make gloves out of it. Basically, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I the, uh, I the, that. the movie The Incredible Hulk uh, took that from the game. That's oh. awesome. That's cool. Um, so, like, uh, like uh, you know, another game that, that we have to mention too, and this is like more in the uh, in the PS3 era here, is uh, is X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, so, obviously, this is like based on like the movie, which uh, you know, obviously, you know, did not do so well, at least with like critics and everything. Uh, but the game that it was based on was so good, and uh, it, it actually like gave us like the Wolverine that we've all been clamoring for for like so so long. It's very bloody, very violent, and just Wolverine, just like unhinged, basically. Uh, I, I, I remember probably playing like the um, the like, demo for this game, and the demo had you like, uh, like you know like jump onto like a guy's helicopter. You take the pilot, and you stick his head up into like the propeller blades. I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on this game, like just on that scene alone. Was that was at gonna, New York Comic Con? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I worked on that game, so, so I, I know it very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that game was mind-blowing in the whole God of War sense. And, you know, I think more games could have benefited from an approach like that. But obviously, you know, they from from there, they kind of played it safe. Obviously, they had the Ultimate Alliance games for people that, you know, couldn't buy mature-rated games. So right. at least there was that. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed the hell out of Wolverine. It is one of my favorite movie-to-game uh, translations of all time. But I'm, I'm a little confused. Some people tell me, like, Hugh Jackman voiced his character as we People like nope, just a hell of a voiceover artist. Oh, it was it was yeah. it was definitely. Was him. Okay, I was yeah, about absolutely. to say the funny thing, the Iron Man game. That's an oh. interesting case. Yeah, yeah. I swear, wasn't it like they got Robert Downey Jr. but he was kind of asleep or something? They I had they got like, Robert Downey Jr. for the cutscenes. All uh, the gameplay sounded like interesting. So in marketing, they could say Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. That's not a lie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember playing the, the demo for that game as well, and I was just like, I want to like this, but there's something <laughs> off about it. Yeah, yeah sometimes, you know, you got to make sure that you have the game context to go with the voices, and sometimes you, you get voices you don't expect. I remember another game, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Mm, uh, yeah. This was a terrific game for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC, and I remember you got Neil Patrick Harris to be, I believe, the amazing spider-man mm-hmm. or the black suit spider-man it was it was one of those yeah and uh, it, was, it was kind of funny it was kind of because there was like you're smashing pots to find stuff and everything is like i'm spider-man it's what i do i break pots right yeah. i mean that was my line <laughs> i wrote that <laughs> i mean Take obviously credit. he took that from from um from like lincoln in, in, in the legend of zelda as well for her own breaking what, what, pots. You, what literally i can tell you the thought process here i was playing okay. uh Probably, uh, well, definitely a pre-alpha build of that game. Mm-hmm. And I got to, like, just one of those ledges that had pots, and I broke them. And, and I was like, why would Spider-Man sh- why would Spider-Man hit a pot and break it? That makes no sense. We, you know, let's just, <laughs> let's make it a joke. So we did. It's game the the only thing point. I don't like about it is that he says it, like, every time. So it's I like know! A, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of the problems with that game, is that it repeats a lot of lines, but... but 
Yeah. Other than that, terrific game. I really yeah, that is my it. favorite. If I had to name a favorite Spider-Man game, it's Shattered Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I worked on that one, and and so I'm very biased. But uh, <laughs> I mean, having yeah, the because um, I think that's the one that had the like noir Spider-Man um, yep. like in there. So like just having that like that particular version of Spider-Man alone, I was like completely on board for. And um, I think I think Nolan North's Deadpool was in that too, right? It was yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was still pretty new at being Deadpool back then. That's right. And speaking of Deadpool, actually, the, the, there was like the Deadpool game which came out, uh, which I was super excited for because I'm I've always been like a big big Deadpool fan and like to see him have like his own game and actually like play up the humor, you know, like with with you know with the, with the Deadpool character uh, was just like done so well. Uh, even though like, the game itself, like, like, like the game itself is good, it's not like great. It's like your pretty standard kind of like you know uh, kind of Devil May Cry ish sort of like action game. Uh, but you know, just like the humor was just like done very, very well, and like uh, it, that was kind of the main reason why, why I personally loved it. Just like you know, breaking the fourth wall and all that stuff. It was, it was, it was just awesome. And cool. uh, yeah. another Thanks. another mature rated game I wanted to bring up. We kind of missed it. The Punisher. Uh, yes. For uh, PlayStation 2 and Xbox, I think the thing I enjoyed about this mode is like his creativity with his uh, interrogations. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. you, you could kill enemies in a number of different ways. It was just—it was definitely Frank Castle all the way through and through. I mean, there there was that game, but there was also the Punisher arcade game too, which had you like use well, yeah. guns too in that. And I, I like I, that was like the first like beat 'em up game that I remember like where you can actually use guns, and it was like, oh my god, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> And yeah, but the weird thing was you didn't read you, that was like a secondary mode of attack. It was still mainly yeah. a punch, punch, punch kind of thing, which is weird for the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it introduced us to Nick Fury, I believe. That, That's right. That was before David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah and and back then that was actually kind of weird too because i think uh there had been like one comic story at that point where those two were even in the same comic and it was mostly like fury said hey punisher go do this mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were side by side and nick fury is like not a person to uh like hit the streets and shoot right. thugs you know that's true yeah yeah and like yeah, yeah I, I, like i don't think like nick like that um that nick fury and, and the punisher would really like hang out too often like at least in the comics and everything but I, I i guess like if you had to kind of figure like who would be like a second player to hang out with you know, w- you know with the punisher and do a lot of the same things as obviously just kind of like a palace they actually kind of thing. do they yeah. do quite a bit in the very excellent garth Ennick garth ennis uh, run of Punisher Max uh, from like uh, the mid two thousands. Yeah, I did. I did uh, read that actually. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend anyone read that. It, it's kind of outside of continuity, but it but still kind of is in continuity a little bit. And it like treated Frank Castle like he was still a Vietnam vet and mm. and like in his sixties. Uh, and yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Can I give a, a quick fun thing about the Deadpool game? Yeah, real sure. Quick? Uh, I, I noticed like last year at some point, uh, it, some article like ranking the most expensive games ever made. Mm-hmm. And it has like Deadpool down as being like a hundred million dollar game and like in the top 15 most expensive games ever made. Really? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> that is so wrong. I don't, there's a joke in the game. There's a joke in the game about like how Deadpool is making the budget explode and and stuff because he's setting off all these special effects and stuff and i feel like somebody took that literally (laughs) 
It's like it's a joke. Like hello. Yeah. <laughs> either, either that, either that, or they thought they were paying royalties for that bouncy house that he uses. Right. <laughs> I don't know, nor can I uh, legally probably tell you what the actual budget was, but it was not a hundred million dollars. <laughs> I'd say I, I didn't think it was a hundred million dollars because it. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Four was a hundred million dollars back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of near, near there. That's a far but cry from that. For sure. is probably a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, but Deadpool. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really think so, honestly. And, I'm I mean, looking like, at Wikipedia right now, and it's like number 15 or so. And it, no, it's not. Dead <laughs> <Just, just> no. <laughs> yeah, cool. for cheap. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, but it, mm-hmm. we are seeing, like, it is interesting what kind of dynamic shift we're seeing with the production of Marvel games. And one that I've talked about in the past, I, I just got to bring this up real quick while we're talking budgets, um, Marvel versus Capcom infinite. And I know Chris, if you don't want to say anything about this, you don't have to, but I've heard in the past, like it's budget was minuscule. Like it was about the same budget as street fighter fives DLC. Mm-hmm. And in a way I can kind of see that. And I can also think like when it came to the game's development, there were three different directions. Like Marvel wanted a game to celebrate its cinematic universe. Capcom wanted a game to supplement Street Fighter V without replacing it. And fans just wanted Marvel versus Capcom 4. So, I mean, I can't help but think the reason that game didn't do as well as it did because I think too many people wanted something out of it and it didn't have the budget. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm sorry. It was just a side note I was thinking of when we were talking I about I have no budget. idea. That game was uh, – I was, was gone from Marvel by the time that was put in production. So, I have no idea. No, but it's just interesting how yeah. budget can play a part with some games being knocked out. But like I said, if, if Marvel versus Capcom Infinite can get away with that on a, on a budget like that, like Deadpool can't be $100 million. Right. It, it can't be. <laughs> I mean, I think – but. Like, like I think with like with like Marvel Infinite, it was kind of like a perfect storm of like things going against it. Like one was like the marketing for it. Uh, two was like the recycling of like a lot of the assets from uh, from Marvel Three. Uh, but all the characters look too. Don't forget that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but also three was uh, was the fact that it was up against Dragon Ball Fighters, and that <laughs> just really took like basically that concept of like the tag team crazy fighting. Uh, kind, kind, you know, kind, kind of genre, and just really took it by storm, and really did something like cool, and interesting, and just had more hype moments to it, basically. And that's that's what you really want for games like this. You want those big hype moments, and uh, Dragon Balls kind of took that share. So yeah, it's kind of a shame because I think Marvel vs. Capcom deserved better. I mean, you take a look at its history and all that, but uh, it is kind of interesting where we're seeing Marvel games now because we're not seeing as many. It's not like we saw like a Guardians of the Galaxy game that come out alongside the first film, but we did see Telltale's series yeah. come out alongside the second. And we saw stuff like Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers. Uh, obviously, we're getting a big Spider-Man game from Insomniac that's mm-hmm. more story-driven than we've seen in previous games, although Shattered Dimensions did have a great story. Just throwing it out there. And then Square Enix's Avengers games. So it, it seems like the tempo is getting more towards Marvel's trying to build up this big they're they're trying to build up their game universe the same way they did their movie universe over yeah. the past decade. So it, it's kind of fascinating how we're seeing less licensed stuff like Fantastic Boar four. Sorry, <laughs> I keep, I keep messing up. And more stuff that's really focused on what makes these heroes count. Like over the past few years, we've really seen kind of a shift in that. For and sure. I think it's pretty fascinating. For sure, yeah, and like um, it, it, you know, we are seeing like a lot of uh, you know, like a lot of games, like you know, at least like through a history that you know, even that we mentioned too, uh, kind of have like a focus on like the, a lot of the same characters as well. Like you know, we mentioned like a lot of Spider-Man games, a lot of X-Men games. Um, but I was kind of curious on what each of us think uh, would be like Marvel characters that we think are overdue for their own game. 
Um, and I, I do have to like mention that there was like a uh, there was there's actually like a Daredevil game I think that was like in production. Uh, I forget who was making it. Might have been NeverSoft. I'm not a hundred percent sure who was making it. It was but... not NeverSoft. It was uh, it was Encore was going to be the publisher. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know who the developer was though. I, I think it was just someone we probably haven't heard of. Probably. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. didn't the uh, Game Boy Advance version make it out? I know it that. Did, yeah. But there was another version that it was supposed to come out and it didn't. Yeah, I actually saw a demo for that in my magazine days at E3. Uh, yeah. It was very early, but it, it had some cool, like, uh, you know, throw the baton against the wall and, and hit the guy. Hmm. Uh, like, that was kind of what their showpiece was in that yeah. little <laughs> demo. Daredevil, the man without fear was the name of it. Yes. And it was supposed to be for PlayStation 2. So Yeah, there were magazine, there were ads and comics for it. It, it must have gotten fairly far along <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but yeah it had its it's uh it just didn't come out i don't know what the story there was yeah i mean like it had some sort of like issues uh like in like development i, I remember i did some like research on it like way way long ago and i, I forget what it is now but uh that's that's definitely a very interesting story to kind of look into if you're just kind of curious like what happened to, to the daredevil game like there, there is like some big article someone wrote uh, either on Polygon or Kotaku or something like that, but uh, yeah. yeah, but like it, it is kind of like weird how we never got like a Daredevil game, especially like after the success of of the Netflix series, um, you know, like with that, and like it, it just kind of like makes sense too because you you would think that you kind of like copy a lot of the same things, say like from like the Arkham games, uh, from like the Batman Arkham games, like with like the like Detective Vision, like it would just kind of make sense with like Daredevil kind of seeing the world around him. You basically do like a very similar kind of concept as that, and you know, have very like action oriented beat 'em up style, whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, just kind of going around the city and swinging around kind of like Spider-Man, but obviously not in the same fashion, but very similar kind of thing. Um, so I don't know, it just makes sense like that there would be like, that there would be like a Daredevil game. Uh, although personally, personally for me, and just because I am a big fan of the character, I wouldn't mind seeing a Moon Knight game. Um, I, I, you know, I, I could say like, you know, kind of going back to the Zen studio side of things, I was really excited. The fact that there was a Moon Knight. Yeah, there's Moon Knight table. table. <laughs> like, yeah, Moon Knight table. I, I was just really excited. I was like, oh my God, I never thought one, I would too. see that. It is a very good one. I love that it table. It is a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. So like, you know, to kind of see like an actual like Moon Knight, I don't know, like action game would be really cool. Like outside of the uh, like Ultimate Alliance stuff, because I know he's in those games too. So. You know what? I'm thinking if we're going to do like a big open world action game, I would love nothing more than see Rocksteady work on a Black Panther game. Not just because of the popularity of the movie. The movie is insanely good and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But is it just me or does it feel like Black Panther would really fit into like a Batman style game where he takes down opponents and and uses to like upgrade his gear and uses like gadgets and takes on enemies like killmonger and other characters from his universe i think it would be really cool you know take have some of it take place in wakanda but then move him to other locations mm-hmm. yeah you uh, kind of have to put him in cities i think that, that yeah that's probably the challenge there yeah, yeah i mean it'd be kind of cool if you just like had a big intertwining universe he could travel to i mean who knows we'll probably see him and captain marvel pop up somewhere in square enix's avengers games because oh, yeah. now they're obviously official characters but I would love to see Black Panther get a, a dedicated uh, game. And for that matter, I'd love to see a modern Venom game. Mm. We'll probably won't get it because Spider-Man's getting to focus, but I heard Venom will pop up in that. I'd love to see him get some DLC loosely based on the movie. Cause that'd be kind of hilarious just to, to see if he absorbs people again and sucks their energy <laughs> and leaves them laying on the sidewalk. I swear I'm not a psychopath. I just, like, <laughs> he could argue that he had his game in, uh, in sort of maximum carnage, but separation anxiety, he had top billing over Spider-Man. That's right. That's Ven- true. Venom, Spider-Man, separation anxiety. And his fight with Wolverine in Ultimate Spider-Man was fun too. Yeah, That's it was. Right. 
that yeah. was a good time. But yeah. yeah, I think Venom, Black Panther, and if she can get her own game, Captain Marvel. But like I said, I'm sure we're going to see her in the Avengers games. So yeah. um, those are my picks. Yeah, I I mean, Howard name the Duck. a character that hasn't. There is, there is a Howard the Duck game. Uh, it is Activision's first ever Marvel game. It came out with the movie. It's okay. called uh, Howard Duck. Uh, oh, something on Volcano Adventure on Volcano Island, like, something like that. Like, I think it was like mm-hmm. on, on ZX Spectrum. Adventure on Volcano. Terrible. Island. <laughs> it is bad. But yeah, it came out like on Commodore sixty four and uh, ZX Spectrum and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I I would not expect many people to even know that exists. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think. I think something there's never actually been that could be interesting is something connected to S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe specifically like a Black Widow game. Mm. Uh, you know, go Metal Gear Solid with, with Black Widow, and I, I think that's cool. a pretty solid combination right there. Maybe throw in some Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, Get to like, yeah, like backstory. Um, but I actually have a, an, an, an incredibly obscure answer that I think would make an amazing game, though. Mm-hmm. There's a character. He has two names kind of and he's, he's not in many comics uh he, one of his names is shrek actually uh <laughs> okay. but he's better known as terror inc mm. and his whole thing is like he's not exactly a zombie but i guess that's the closest thing you can compare him to but he's like he's like a an undead existence who has to uh the only way he can kind of survive is to take pieces of dead things and make them part of his body. You know, they don't have to be human. Uh, they, you know, they usually are. But as soon as he gets that, he has that like strength and power that was associated with it until it decays away at a normal rate. So like this guy, Terror, I think would make an awesome game where, uh, you know, if you need, like, if you're infiltrating a base or something, and you need to snipe somebody, you could go, like, crawl up to a, a sniper's, uh, where a sniper is, rip out the guy's eye, and that's your new eye. <laughs> that's awesome. And then, you know, maybe you have, like, normal arms, but there's this really buff dude, and if you beat him, you can rip his arm off, and now you've got, like, super strength or whatever. Uh, like, I just like to see if somebody take that idea, because that's, that's just an idea that I think is really cool. Uh, you know, and if it were the super obscure Marvel character, all the better. But, uh, you know, that that's my uh, my little pitch for uh, a, a game uh, starring Terror Inc. Uh, I definitely dig it. I mean, like, because I, I I never heard of Terror Inc., so I just had to kind of you know just just um just look them up you know just real yeah. quick here. And uh, apparently, it's like it's specifically like a horror series in the Marvel line. And uh, he's he's like a, you know he's, a, he's an antihero. Uh, he's an eternal entity. He like absorbs the talents of others. So yeah, it, it totally makes sense. And uh, yeah, the, he was the, recently in a series with Deadpool. That would be okay. You know, to a modern like Deadpool and uh, Deadpool and the Mercenaries or something like that was the name of the comic. I'll have to look uh, that up then. Yeah. 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 Because uh, it, it makes me think that like it would be really cool because you know just with those like abilities that he has, it, it makes me think that it would be really cool to see a Taskmaster game. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know, this, yeah. Being able to have like the like you know memory and you know kind of be able to see like what it is that uh, those enemies. So, so you you could actually almost kind of do like a Mega Man kind of thing actually. Where, where yeah, totally Taskmaster. I could go for that. And yeah, it or takes, you like, know you know what would be really cool a villains game, oh, like a Thanos oh. game or something like that. Okay. The final like, Infinity Stones or something? Like, yeah. Know, around the universe. Yeah, the Thanos quest. 
Now the question is the the question is will it have the same dialogue as the Infinity Gauntlet table? I shall not let you challenge me. My that love. is that table is directly <laughs> comic book dialogue, almost like ninety percent. Wow. That's awesome. It really. I get Robert Workman to actually play as Thanos then, so that we can actually have oh, someone who looks yes, like someone from the movie. <laughs> He said I would make a good Thanos. I'm like, yeah, sure, but I don't have the money for cosplay. <laughs> if Marvel wants to do it, I'm in. I don't know. If I if I did dress up as Thanos and go to San Diego Comic Con, I'd probably just be a dick and walk up to people having lunch and just prepend, prepare to snap my fingers. Just right. to see what <laughs> No, no, I'm enjoying this sandwich. No. There's not enough food here. Hey, that people. would be great crowd control, though, for San Diego Comic Con. Right. That'd be amazing, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me do it. Make me do it. Exactly. Half the universe. Right. Um, and we, we did ask half the universe here, too, like, to, uh, you know, to, you know to, uh, to basically answer us on what their favorite Marvel games were. Um, and we, we got, like, a handful of, of like, responses here. So uh, here's here some, like, listener responses. Uh, starting off with Omar. Uh, Omar Z, who says Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for days, son. Also, maybe be spider-man on sega cd for funsies so i don't know if you played spider-man on sega cd there robert i have and the, the interesting thing about the uh, spider-man on sega cd it had a title track that was done by the lead singer of mr big eric martin i think it was swing time yeah swing time i actually have it in my itunes library and it's so cheesy yet so good he actually wanted to record music for daytona usa too on sega saturn they really liked him for some reason but it was <laughs> it was really cool it was a remixed version of the genesis game and it I think one of the boss battles, like, what was it? Mary Jane Watson was being lowered into something on a chain and you mm-hmm. had to fight off Kingpin while, you know, using your web to hit the chain to keep her from being lowered. So you had like t- you had two goals that you had to complete. Uh, but it was a really great Do you remember game. what happens if you fail? I don't. Please tell if me. If you fail. <laughs> well, th- there's actually like two, dif- two different uh, endings. There's one where both... Uh, where both MJ and Spider-Man die, and there's one where only MJ dies. Uh, but they get dipped into like this boiling cauldron of acid or whatever, and you see it. It's like a slow, like it slowly dips them in there, and it's like horrific. Jeez. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it's not graphic or anything, but it, it's just the the fact that we're like seeing these these characters we love just die that you know that in that realistic kind of of a manner. Yeah. yeah, actually, that that whole game I think is a, is a, a really good proof of concept for what the Sega CD could have been because what it did really was it took the the Genesis Spider-Man game and it added all the kind of bells and whistles that you could do with CD-ROM technology at the time, like you know animated cutscenes, voice, uh, rock and soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, but it was basically it had some some differences, but it was basically the Genesis game uh, just souped up quite a bit. And uh, it's unfortunate that Sega CD wasn't more successful or we would have seen a lot more stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, there's also uh, Barton Cicero here. It says Marvel vs. Capcom 1, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter. So basically all those Capcom games, basically they're out of the way. Uh, Dave, D, uh, Dave D. Leon uh, fills it out there with X-Men vs. Street Fighter with At the Top of the Heavens. <laughs> um there's also our buddy Nick Castro, who we've had on the show a couple times here. He says, oh, man, X-Men Arcade by Konami. Such a fun beat beat em up with a giant cabinet for multiplayer. So much fun. Uh, there's also Ivan Castillo here who says, I have very fond memories of the first X-Men game on Sega Genesis, as we mentioned there earlier. 
Uh, Andrew Moretti, a, a personal friend of mine here, who says Maximum Carnage. I know he's a big Maximum Carnage fan. Uh, our buddy Dave Oshry over at New Bloods uh, just yells out, want to take you for a ride. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, I got to throw that out there. Uh, our buddy Rob McCullum, Mr. McSee here, says Spider-Man on Dreamcast, which he certainly gave some love here earlier. And uh, my buddy Ross James here kind of you know goes off on a, a bit of a tirade here. He just lists off games, Spider-Man Web of Shadows, so like another fan there of the game. And then lists off X-Men 2 on Genesis, X-Men Legends 2, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, X-Men Arcade, six-player. So definitely a bit of a theme there, a lot of X-Men love for sure. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, those, those are like our listener comments there. So thanks to everyone who, uh, you know, who, uh, who gave us those comments there. So And now... Now the question is, what are our favorite Marvel games of all time? Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Chris, I, I figure like we'll have you start off, and then Robert, then me. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a. It's, there's so many. I there's so many I like a lot. You know, I, I'll concede few are actually like legitimately great. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Uh, but if man, if I had to just pick one. I I gotta I gotta say Spider Man Shattered Dimensions. If I just had to pick one, <laughs> he took Robert's you, you one, know. I guess. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I, mean, I can say what the most influential one to me was, and that was X Men Arcade. Of course, yeah. uh, that was the first Marvel game I kind of legitimately loved. Uh, so so I can change my answer to that, Robert, if that makes no, sense. No, it's okay. I have another one. <laughs> Besides, you know, Shattered Dimensions has the greatest Deadpool boss battle of all time. That is true. It's yeah. little, his little death castle, I guess, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's fine. I'll, I'll let you have that one because the one I'm going to pick is a little something out of left field. Um, a little while back, I actually wrote a special on comicbook.com about – Marvel kind of missed out on a key opportunity to re-release Captain America and the Avengers arcade game for Xbox One and PS4 alongside Infinity War. I mean, I can understand why they didn't do it. Maybe they don't want to invest in old games. Maybe it was a licensing thing with Data East. But this was one of my favorite games uh, for several reasons. The gameplay, I think, is a lot of fun. It mixes between beat-em-up and shooting stages. And I still don't know how Captain America is able to throw six shields at a time, but there it is. Um, you know, it had great graphics at the time. You could have four people take apart or two on the Sega Genesis version. But to me, it's the dialogue. You mm. know, feel my power! Or, you know, like, <laughs> you can't escape. You will be the one escaping, you know, stuff right. like that. <laughs> There's that line, yeah, I forgot. It was amazing. And, of course, uh, its main villain kind of has a tie with Infinity War. I don't want to spoil it here, but if you know who the main villain is, yeah, anyway. Well, the yeah. main villain is, is in the, like, the attract mode. It's not, <laughs> it's not like a huge secret, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just kind of kidding. Okay. It. I'm in for infinity. Don't watch the attract mode then. Yeah, there you go. Um, But I'm just saying it had a lot of ties, and I would have loved to see it re-release. But uh, you know, we always have the arcade and the the Genesis version. So I'm gonna go with Captain America and the Avengers. Avengers are nimble. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) you, Have you ever taken a a, like a close look at the the winning screen image that that you get at the end i I did a uh god i did a video that included this i don't remember what the subject matter was that got me there but uh it's like one image and uh you know it's the four avengers you have and let's just say you know that there's there's some guys who look like fred from (laughs) scooby-doo but uh there's one there's a little girl who looks like she's having a lot of fun with vision that's all i'll say okay Uh, (laughs) go go uh 
Go watch the end of that game and you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, I think I have a pretty good idea, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. Interesting, interesting. So there you go. Another nugget to look up there. David, what is your favorite? Um, so I'm tempted to go with like Deadpool or like X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, you know, obviously like for, for like those games, but I think I'm going to have to go with one of the Capcom games and the one I'm going to have to go with it particularly is X-Men versus Street Fighter. Um, simply because, you know, like, as we're talking about with, with like attract modes, again, that, that whole scene with, uh, you know, with like Ryu and, and, and Cyclops like shaking hands and then like the whole welcome to the adventure and like, you know, it was kind of going off like, you know, showing all the characters like interacting with each other, seeing Rogue and Cammy like, you know, crossing over, uh, seeing Bison and Magneto together, all that stuff. Like, it was just amazing to see that. Um, and also like the fact that it, I believe it was in that game specifically, uh, playing as Rogue, she can actually steal powers and like use like you know Hadoukens and things like that, like you know wh- whoever she like kissed kind of stole powers from, and it really mm-hmm. kind of played into like who she is as a character, like actually like you know in that physical contact and taking their powers. So like the fact that they had that in that game particularly because they 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 took it away in later in, in later um, like, like, like crossover games, um, but having it in that uh, kind of like wins it out for me because I, I do love Rogue. I'm a big Rogue fan, so uh, yes, yeah, so I have to go with X Men vs Street Fighter in this case. And not to mention, like I said, the Saturn port was arcade perfect with that four megabyte cartridge. Mm-hmm. Kind of angered me it didn't get a U.S. release, though, because the PlayStation port, like I said, you couldn't switch out characters or anything. It, it was yeah. just so – and the animation frames were terrible. So, I mean, it was all about the Saturn version or bust. And I remember importing it, and we were playing it in the front room, and we started at like 8 p.m. Next thing we know, it's like 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's how long we had played it because we'd be like, I'm going to show Juggernaut. Or I'm like, I'm going to – oh, back at destroyer you know or that oh, sort yeah. of thing yeah, like so it was really addictive. Yeah, for sure, and like, and, and like the fact too, like it had like the uh, like the names of the super moves kind of display if you beat them with it and stuff. It was, it was really really cool. Uh, so yeah, just an, just an awesome game overall. So uh, yeah, so that's our main topic there. So Robert, I believe you have a game code to give away. And one last note here, I want to make a note to you guys. We are recording on the tenth anniversary that Iron Man released in theaters. Oh yeah, that's right. That, that I was actually, fortunate enough to go to the Hollywood premiere of that. That was amazing. That's awesome. nice. I think yeah. my the trippiest thing I was watching the old trailer. You'd be like, I better not see this on my MySpace page. <laughs> Back then, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, Tony! Oh my god! Oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> good old, good old Robert Downey Jr. All right, so uh, I got a code to give away for The Walking Dead season three. Sorry, it's not a Marvel code. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I tried my best to get a good comic book code to give away here. Obviously, it's a new frontier. This is the latest season in the series before the final season debuts this year. And this will give you all five episodes on Steam. It is W5P0RPEPNMTRHP6. That's for The Walking Dead Season 3 on Steam. Enjoy before the final season drops later this year. So that's going to lead us now to a game of random selects. So this is a yes or no 15 question game to guess which video game character that Robert is this week. Um, so yeah, like, I, you know, I guess I figure like. This, since this is like a Marvel episode, we're going to be talking about Marvel characters here, so yeah. it, it should be like a little easier to find out. But um, yeah, so we're basically just going to like be asking uh, some yes or no questions. Uh, if after five questions, uh, you know, the, you know that we don't get it, he'll give the first hint. Uh, after ten, he'll give the second hint. And if after fifteen questions we don't get it, then it's game over, as Raul Julia would say. So, uh, so yeah, um, so basically, it's just you know, it's you and me here. Uh, that you know that, that that's um you know that's kind of teaming up here, Chris. Uh, okay. To um, you know basically ask the questions. So uh, yeah, but uh, like uh, I said, it, it's a Marvel character, so this will be somewhat in your wheelhouse. Yes, it's a Marvel me. character in a game we've talked about today. I guess yeah. we talked about mm-hmm. 
enough yeah. games that that's uh <laughs> it'll still be challenging it just yeah. we won't we won't be like david to be like a kazuka kayai and we're like, we're like, no. <laughs> well it could be dragon man who knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'm totally yeah i'm totally dragon man that's it yeah um so chris i don't know if you want to ask like the first question there's kind of guess sure uh, okay, uh, are you traditionally known as a hero? Well, it's a yes or no questions, right? Yeah. Okay, are you traditionally known as a hero as opposed to a villain? Yes. Okay. okay. Do you wear a mask? In the games, yes. Oh, interesting. Are you male? Yes. Okay. Um, do you... Okay. Hmm. Guess that would be kind of granted. Um, are you part of a team? Yes. Okay. Are you part of the X Men? No. Oh. That's uh, five. That's five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first hint: I can't decide which game to stick with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's going to help you out a little bit. <laughs> which game to stick with? Uh, huh. That's interesting, actually. Uh, are you part of the Avengers? Yes. Okay. Is your costume purple? Yes. <laughs> Do you shoot arrows? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do the honors there, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe well. you are you are Hawkeye. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, like in the comics. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's off crying somewhere because. Uh, my my second clue was find a tight corner. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's that would have that would have done the trick. But uh, I, I wanted to keep it simple so Chris would, you know, be back on the show someday. <laughs> but uh, anything else smart? Okay, got yeah. it. There, <laughs> there we go. go. That is random select. Uh, another winner in the books. There, hey, David. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad no. uh, but we do want to talk a little bit about what Chris is doing now. He's working with the team over there at Zen Studios. Uh, they've actually been quite busy as of late. Uh, they just released the last Jedi Pinball Pack for Pinball FX3 on Xbox One. PS4, uh, PC, and mobile. No word on Nintendo Switch yet, but I guess they're they're playing catch up because I know they just released Bethesda Pinball for Nintendo Switch uh, as part of the Pinball FX pack there. But there's another project that uh, you just talked to me about here, Chris. It's called Disco Dodgeball Remix, and it's a first person dodgeball game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very unique game. It's kind of a mix. Well, first of all, it was a, a kind of a an indie hit on PC uh, a couple years ago. And uh, one thing Zen is doing right now is kind of taking these PC games that, uh, you know, were, were popular, you know, not, not necessarily the whole world has heard about them or anything, but they were done by smaller teams and they're like really good. They're very well received. And it's like, let's put them on console so that uh, another huge amount of people can get experience or can actually, uh, you know, be exposed to, to these great games. So, uh, so yeah, the Disco Dodgeball Remix was originally known as uh, Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball That's on PC. Was. Yeah, yeah it's like I, I had to think about it. I can never really actually remember it. Uh, and what it is, it's kind of an arena-based, like kind of unreal tournament kind of setup. Like that's what the arenas are like. Uh, and it's dodgeball, so you're... you're grabbing the these dodgeballs and throwing them off walls and stuff it's not exactly like shooting a gun uh you can do like cool like trick shots and stuff uh and uh you know your robots as well and it's got like all kinds of neon and like a like a, yeah. a really thumping soundtrack 
Uh, and it's been it was super well received by those who played it on PC. And I'm actually really happy with uh, how much people uh, saw the announcement today and, and were like, wow, I, I, this is great that it's coming to console. Uh, it's, it, uh, you know, it, it's going to find a great new audience here. Uh, you know, we're kind of dubbing it your new favorite sport type thing because it's got kind of like a, a quirkiness to it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just one guy made it a few years ago. And um, uh, I think his name was Eric Asmussen, right? Yes, Eric with eighty-two S. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. I, spoke, I, I, I remember. I remember. I, I spoke with him actually, uh, like when when the game first came out. Steve. Awesome. And, um, yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's, he's super nice, like like very chill guy. And uh, it's uh, it, it's just really cool. It's just really cool aesthetic. Really cool, like just kind of theme. Obviously, very, you know, very unreal as you mentioned there. Uh, but you know, just with this, you know, cool aesthetic with you playing as robots throwing, you know, throwing uh, throwing dodgeballs at each other in like yeah. a, in like a nightclub basically. So and, and then the costumes, the digging the costumes too. There's one with a Jason mask I see in the screenshots. Here. Yeah, there's lots of customization you can do. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a cool feature. Yeah, nice. So uh, it comes out later this month, I believe. Yeah, May twenty second. Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Uh, we'll have to team up for a code giveaway sometime. We are definitely down to play some more disco dodgeball. Indeed. Yeah, cool. And on Switch, it'll actually be uh, it'll be sixty frames uh, in when you're playing handheld, and it'll be 1080p when you have it docked. So uh, and you know it takes play, takes advantage of all the Switch controls and everything too. So that's like, awesome. The controls. And stuff. Move over Rocket League. There you that's go. right. That's right. <laughs> I didn't say it. Uh, no, no, no. I'm this, just kidding, Cyanix. Please, I mean, that, that would please. take. Uh, that would take quite a bit to move over Rocket League. It would be well, cool to be in the same conversation, though. So it's really cool. And uh, where um, where can people go to um, to find you online there, 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 Chris? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at cbake76, C-B-A-K-E-7-6. Uh, you know, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, my, my channel is called Superhero Video Games. A uh, shortcut to get there is superhero.vg for video games, or Virgin Islands is what it actually is for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, I, I wrote a book uh, a few years ago, too, about superhero video games. So if you are interested in this topic, it's called Wrong Retro Games, You Messed Up Our Comic Book Heroes. And it's all about like really nitpicky things that retro games got wrong uh, with superhero uh, video games. And uh, I actually have it free on Saturday, free comic book day. It's going to be free on Kindle. So uh, just look up Wrong Retro and, and that'll get you right there. Or you can go to my Twitter. There's a link. Very nice. Uh, and and Zen Studios at Zen Studios with an underscore, and they're also on on Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. yeah. And uh, if you want to uh, you know to to, uh, to follow the Rcast on Twitter, we are at Arg Podcast. Same thing for Facebook. We're at Facebook.com/slash Arg Podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the Guilty Man. Want to follow me on Twitter? It's at twitter.com slash the DCD. You can also find my work at comicbook.com slash gaming, including that Captain America, the Avengers special I talked about. And I just talked to the Marvel Future Fight guys about their recently celebrated third anniversary. So look for that interview very soon. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, also keep in mind, too, we are a partner with Don't Feed the Gamers. So be sure to check them out at don'tfeedthegamers.com. They are a fan-centric gaming website that's run by our good friend Leona Ruppert. So definitely show her some love over there. 
And uh, also, uh, you know, you know, and also, like, if you want to send us any like uh, email, any like feedback, any like retro games you want us to cover, or anything at all, really, you could email us at rcast at retrosap.com. And be sure to check out retrosap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts, especially of the Star Wars variety. There is Bruise and Blasters, Kanata's Castles, Skywalking Through Neverland, uh, Starship Sabers and Scoundrels. There's also Beltway Bontas, which is really cool because it combines both uh, Star Wars and politics. So if you're both minds, it's definitely the podcast for you. There's also the Animaniacast. So if you're a big Animaniacs fan, that's definitely the podcast for you. And they're also Rob Paulson approved. There is also the Deucecast Movie Show. So if you're, you know, just as the title suggests, it is a movie podcast, and those guys have been doing it for over 300 episodes now. So definitely give them a listen. And there's also the Techno Retro Dads. So if you love old school stuff, and of course you do because you listen to the Rcast, you'll love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also us with Rcast. So be sure to find us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Subscribe and tell your neighbors. We're also on Stitcher and also Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the Rcast. And yeah, that's Rcast episode 109 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro. And with that, Chris, when will Super Adaptoid get his own pinball table? I mean, seriously, <laughs> what's it going to take? Super Adaptoid is female, I believe. Well, when sure. we'll see. When we'll see. <laughs> uh, we're equal opportunity here. Females can have their own Super Oh, uh, the Super yeah. Adaptoid pinball. You know, uh, seeing as how uh, her power is to adapt in a super manner, uh, I think we could just take every Marvel table and just, like, have it, like, Terminator 2 meld, meld it, you know, Go from one table oh, to another. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That, that would be a super pathway table. That would wow. have the uh, <laughs> the the, the, uh, the like Terror Inc. pinball table. That's, it's like I, I know I know you you'll, you'll be you'll be pitching that one for sure. <laughs> and yeah, definitely write these down, Chris. These are hot ideas. Yeah, hot oh. ideas. Yeah, hot <laughs> press. Yeah. yeah well, down, in between yeah. all the jokes, we actually make some sense here at Art Podcast. That's our job. That's, <laughs> our job. <laughs> That's right. Thank you guys so much for joining us for a special Marvel episode, and we will see you next time. Indeed. Catch you guys later. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris from Weekly Games Chat. Along with my co-hosts, Sean and John, we cover the latest video games every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. We also make sure to rant about the latest movies, TV shows, and happenings in the sports world. If you like the show, catch one of our live streams on Twitch, follow us on Twitter, or even take the biggest jump of all and join our community on Discord. All found by simply searching Weekly Games Chat. Until then, I'll simply say game on, in your mom's box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.